and welcome back to our podcast, Healing the Broken Marriage. We are your hosts. I'm Alicia. And I'm Brian. And if you have been with us from the start, then we just want to thank you. Um, We also want to say if you guys have questions or if you have topics that maybe we haven't talked about in any of our episodes, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at our website, makingbeautywiththeashes.com. You can find out lots about us there, articles that we've written, and some other fun things. So today, we want to talk to you guys about what are the three most important things in a relationship. So Brian, without knowing, what would you say those three things are? Um, probably bonfires. <laughs> Cars and wedding rings. I would agree with two of those. <laughs> we actually are going to have a bonfire after this, so kudos. Um, so I would say, after looking these up, the f- top three most important things in a relationship are intimacy, commitment, and communication. And so I know that relationships will always have ups and downs. And I think that goes across the board, like every relationship, (laughs) no matter how perfect it appears on the outside, they will have ups and downs. And while all relationships have their seasons and are bound to have rough patches, a strong foundation will help you to weather the storms and strengthen your bond. And When we talk about like weathering those storms, we're talking about the three things that we talked about, which is intimacy, commitment, and communication. When those three things are really strong in your marriage, it really sets you up for success. So Ryan, when you hear the word intimacy, what is the first thing you think of? You really want to know? (laughs) It's probably. (laughs) No. Um, Intimacy. To most is probably just like, I mean, just being open. Yeah. yeah. It's probably bedroom. I think most people think about. And it is, yeah. but I think it goes so much deeper. I think there can be, well, just like with God, you can yeah. have an intimacy with God yeah. and it's not a sexual thing. Right. And of course there is a sexual thing with intimacy and married couples, but I believe there's like a deep love that enters an intimacy as well. And it's just being in tune with each other and being close. Yeah. Being able to feel, finish each other's sentences. Yeah. You know, it's just when you, when you're just so close and in tune, then you enter into a type of intimacy, but it's not a sexual intimacy, you know, but there is that side of it as well. Yeah. There's more than, than just that. So, you know, some people, don't experience that because they're not truly in tune and equally yoked and in love. So right. their intimacy is just strictly the bedroom, you know, but there's, it. it's such a greater vast vastness to it. Yeah. I think just, I mean, just like you were saying, I think when a lot of people hear the word intimacy, they think that means sex and it does, it does, but there's so much more than that, like you were saying, that it can be thought of as a deep closeness, a deep connection between each other. 
And like you were saying, you know, finishing somebody's sentence, you know, when you have a deep closeness with someone, that's intimacy. Just like you're talking about with God, when you have intimacy with God, well, of course, it's not a sexual relationship. It's closeness. It's proximity. I feel like that's what intimacy is. It's proximity. How close are you to someone? You know, we're intimate and we sleep side by side. That's pretty close, you know? So I think that um, creating the foundation of intimacy in your relationship takes work. And there's a few ways that you can build and restore intimacy. And one of those ways is spending quality time together. So like, say your intimacy in your relationship is lacking. Well, one of the ways that you can repair that is by spending quality time together. Actually make make spending quality time a priority. And I feel like we do that really well. We really value our time together and we actually make it a priority. We put effort into that. We make appointments. We say, we're going to do this tomorrow together. We're going to have a bonfire together tonight. You know, we actually schedule each other. I don't even know if schedule is the right word, but we make each other a priority. Like you'll stay home from work just to spend time with me. Well, not here lately. Well, you've been busy lately, but you I'd like do. to have a day off. <laughs> but you do do that. You From time will, to time. Yeah, you'll make a point. And I think another thing that helps in building intimacy, if you know you feel like that's lacking, is to follow through with your actions. And so intimacy is linked to trust. And because they're so closely because they're so closely related, both of them take time and work. You know, if you don't have trust, you can't have intimacy. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're very, very close. And so just follow through with your actions. Um, another thing that could help build intimacy is practice being vulnerable with yourself. And the reason I say, I, I'm sure you thought I was going to say with the other person, but practice being vulnerable with yourself, meaning love and accept who you are. You can't give something away that you don't have. And so how can I, you know, if I have all of these, you know, ill things I think about myself or um, I just don't have a good image of myself, I'm not going to want to open up and be vulnerable to you, you know? So I think starting with opening up and being vulnerable with yourself is a good place to start. And probably the last thing I'm going to say is in building intimacy. If you're, if that's an area where maybe you can feel, I think for us, we can always feel when there's like, I think of it as a bank. Like if our intimacy bank is kind of depleted a little bit, think of it as a bank account, <laughs> you notice it. I mean, anybody notices when their bank account is getting on the low side. What's well, the same with your intimacy bank, your commitment bank, um, and your communication bank. Almost forgot the third one. <laughs> <laughs> you 
you really, they kind of really all have to be at the same level or you notice when one is, is running low. But another way to build intimacy would be to apologize first. And that's hard. That's hard. Show your appreciation. Saying you're sorry takes courage to admit when you're wrong or maybe you're not wrong. Maybe you're the other person is wrong. And sometimes, and we've learned this in counseling, Brian, sometimes remember what our counselor used to say. What did she used to say? Somebody's got to be the hero. Somebody's got to be the hero. And what does she mean by that? Um, well, sometimes we apologize. I mean, most of the time in a situation, if you're arguing about something, there's probably a good chance that both sides are at fault at some point. Yeah. And sometimes it's just, um, being a hero and stepping up and saying you're sorry first, even though everything inside of you don't want to. Yeah. And normally that causes other person to say they're sorry too. It's like, it's like it's so crazy because it's like two people that's married and they love each other and are calling each other's bluffs, trying to see who's going to, who's going to give first. Yeah. I mean, I mean, being honest, there's been times when I'm saying I'm sorry just because we're arguing. I'm like, okay, if I say I'm sorry, this end this fight. And I, and I say, I'm sorry. And all of a sudden the fight's done. And yeah, but what's, what's, what's crazy is like, we've done it mm-hmm. and I encourage other people to do it. If you have a really blow up fight or don't have to be a blow up fight, just any, any argument, just think back a few days after that argument. Sometimes, sometimes you can literally ask, ask your spouse, Remember when we had that big fight like two days ago? Remember what it was about? <laughs> and a lot of times you can't even remember. There's been so many times that we've looked back at big fights we've had. And the thing of it is with arguments, it tends to bring up more things to the surface. It does. And it completely blinds out what the initial spark was that started it. Yeah. So sometimes you like you have this big blow up fight. Two days later, you're like, we had a big blow up fight. And I remember we said this and we said that. What started that anyways? And we're both like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but that just shows you how petty things are that you argue about when a day or two later, you can't even remember what the initial spark was that ignited that fight. I know. I think we actually just brought that up a couple days ago. I don't mm-hmm. know if it was us or maybe the kids, but we were like, what were you mad about? And we we're like, I don't know. It must not have been important because right. <laughs> nobody could remember what the subject was. But little things can spark big things to rise up, especially yeah. from the past. And I think sometimes it even, um, when those things happen and all of a sudden all of these things start coming up from the past, you're like, whoa, okay. That's, put the brakes on. Yeah, you really do because if, if that's not the point, if that's not, we need to tell ourselves this. If that's not the point, if that's not what the argument is about or disagreement, let's call it a disagreement. It needs to be called hearsay, almost <laughs> like here in court. Like hearsay. we're not going to hear that because it's hearsay. Right. It's just, but it's so hard to. You're in the moment. Yeah, it's so hard to stay on track when you're in the middle of a fight. Yeah. I know we are working on that, guys. We are not a perfect product. We are working on that. So we just want to throw that in there. <laughs> so the next thing on the um, the list of three things is commitment. And 
and commitment, it's a mindful and consistent decision to invest into your relationship. I mean, it's, you're committed, mm-hmm. you know, you are investing. And I, I like to think of it as building a house with blocks. Are you adding to the house or are you taking away? And I also wanted to say, you know, there's a lot of people that are in committed relationships that are actually just cohabitating. Oh, yeah. They're, Probably more. It's not active engagement. It's just. Probably more than not. Yeah. Maybe not. So what if your partner. You mean you? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Hypothetical. Not me. No, I'm totally committed. I'm saying what if your partner. Oh, you're saying if somebody else is. Okay. Like they won't commit. What would you say about that? What if they're in a relationship right now and. Commit to what? Like the just partner being, just won't commit. They just, won't. Like I said, commitment is mindful, consistent decision investing into your relationship. So they won't commit. What would you what would you have to say to somebody who might be like in a relationship? They want it to maybe go to that next thing, but the other person is like putting on the brakes. This is talking about married couple, correct? Well, we're talking about you could be I, I would if you're married and they're not committed, you probably should have found that out beforehand. But right, <laughs> but that that still exists. <laughs> what would you say to somebody who's like they're in a relationship well, goes, with somebody? They're committed, but they can't get the other one really there. So, well, it depends on what they're trying to get them to commit to. If they're trying to get them to commit to something that's illegal, then <laughs> well, yeah, you know, good <laughs> no, for the person. Good for the person standing their ground. But I mean, if it's just something, I mean, you know, everything has to be, I mean, really, I believe everything has to be God centered. And that's, that's, and we've messed up so many times. We have. Even here Hindsight. recently, even here recently with a real estate deal, we're just like, did we pray about this enough? Did we allow God to yeah. guide us in this? Did we not listen? Did we, not pray enough and we chose our own direction and, but we're still believing God's going to get us out of it. But, um, you know, I think everything needs to be God centered. So that being said, obviously, you know, if, if, if your partner or your husband or wife, um, if, if there's, if there's something that you're trying to get them commit to, that's you feel is God led and God centered. I mean, I think it, becomes falls back on the whole communication thing yeah. because communication is so important not to only just get your point across and we, you don't always want to be that person that's like, Oh, I got to get my point across. I got to, you better listen to me, but just to be communicate and be open-minded even to the other person to respect and hear their side of things. And sometimes it might, they might come against you and they might push back. And I think that's where is if you know it's if if your decision is God led and you've prayed about it, then that it becomes a point of just kind of setting idle and just showing that person love and showing them the love of God. Yeah. Because at that point, that's the only thing that's going to change their mind and change their heart. Right. It's almost like a game. 
but it's a very strategic game of just knowing when to be quiet, sit back and let God take over. Yeah. I was thinking about that. Like what would make someone not want to commit? And, you know, I think I was thinking of some things that might make people not want to commit and it could be from their childhood. They literally could have come from a broken home. They, or maybe they've been burned in relationships before. And so they're very, very hesitant to commit again. But like, I know um, early in our marriage, very early, I remember I would ask you a certain question. I would say, will you always be with me? You still do. (laughs) But you respond differently now. Then you wouldn't answer me. You wouldn't answer me or you would say, I, I can't answer that or I'm not going to answer that. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. And so early on for me, I was kind of being conditioned to feel unsafe and uncommitted to early in our relationship because I think, I think there was some issues inside of you that clearly got um, taken care of later on. But that was still there. Even though we were married, it was like, you couldn't just say, I'm going to be with you forever. There was this condition. And so for me, that literally conditioned me to feel unsafe and not worth being committed to. And so I think that some reasons people don't commit is, like I said, their childhood. They may have saw bad examples previous relationships, they were burned. I mean, I've heard people say, um, I'll never let anyone get close to me again. And that is because they've been burned before in the past. And so I completely understand that. But I think that you really need to know this beforehand. And that is through communication that can help you get a clear understanding of where they stand. You know, I think if they, if you kind of knew, um, like for example, if you're somebody who wants to have kids and the other person totally doesn't want to have kids, well, you can't think, well, I'm going to get married and they'll change their mind. I'm going to make them change their mind. Like you can't do that. <laughs> if somebody doesn't want kids, you need to respect that. And I even know people who've had whoopsies. <laughs> oh yeah. The, yeah. That. <laughs> One didn't want to have a kid. Oops. The other did. Whoops. That, that, no, don't do that. Don't do that, ladies. So, <laughs> so the final thing that we're going to talk about is communication. And I just want to say all three areas need to be equally built up. You know, intimacy, commitment, communication. You can't really be lacking in any of these areas. But if you are, it's an opportunity to, to build that back up again. Like Brian, your builder, a house that has one side that is weak or the foundation isn't very good, that means the whole structure is weakened, right? Yep. You basically, you have to make sure that your foundational things, which is intimacy, commitment, communication are strong or the whole thing is weak. Right. So like I was just saying, if you're strong, in intimacy and commitment, but you have bad communication, 
that can lead to unhappiness, that can lead to conflict, and conflict can lead to a whole lot of careless words spoken. <laughs> so mm-hmm. you might not be a com- good, good communicator, but in conflict, it's like all of the communication comes out, right? <laughs> so how do you improve communication? Like if you're, maybe you're in a, a relationship and you're just cohabitating and you're like, man, we just kind of like, we're in this house, but we really haven't had a conversation. We just kind of walk past each other. We take care of the kids. We're on autopilot. You know, I think a lot of people kind of all of a sudden they realize, wait, we've not really done anything together. Like, I don't really feel like I know you. We you don't. don't? No, I know you. Oh. <laughs> I'm saying like. Yeah. Other, other I think, people. I think a lot. I mean, I've even heard people tell me this, um, that they are like, wait a minute. We don't do anything together. We just do everything for our kids. You know, you go with, here with this kid. I go there with this kid. We show up for dinner or, you know, we bring dinner in. Dinner time is a great time. There's so many families that don't eat dinner together. And we make a point to eat dinner together yeah. pretty much every day. Sit down, dinner, meal yeah. at the dining room. And it opens communication only not only to our kids, but to each other, to all of us. It's just like a big circle of communication. We can even see our kids open up during those times. Laughing. A lot of laughing takes place at the table. A lot of laughter. A lot of gross stories for some reason come out. (laughs) Um, But it is. It's very important at dinner time to sit down as a family and eat. Yeah. Or turn the TV off or put your cell phones down. Yeah. Or just be a good listener. I mean, communication can be where you become a good listener, where those who want to talk feel like they can come talk to you because you're not too busy. And you have an open ear for them. Well, what is somebody going to say on their deathbed? I wish I had looked at my phone more. Mm-hmm. No. I just had a guy this week. You yeah. know, he's in heaven today. Got to um, lead him to Christ last week, you know, and he didn't live a life. Of, but he was so willing, you know, but he, his a comment he made to me on his deathbed last week after finding out he had brain cancer and bone cancer literally went in a week and a half ago just sick they gave him a year to six months and two days later he's gone so he literally lasted a week and a half two weeks after he started feeling bad but one of his main thing is he looked at me and said i wish i'd have done so many things different in life but he's in heaven today you know i got to minister to him and lead him to christ so but, you know, it's just while we're here, just make the most of our time with your kids and your spouse. I know. I know, you guys. Like, literally, are you going to sit there, you know, in your hospital room? You know you're getting ready to go. Are you going to be like, man, I wish I'd watch more TV. Man, I wish I had, you know. Um, I wish I could stay home and not have to go to work. I've told you that. I'm like, oh, I wish yeah. I could stay here and just yeah. have my days with you every day and not even have to go to work. Maybe someday God will make a way. But. I know. I saw something the other day where one of our friends on Facebook was sharing this really beautiful story about her spouse. And she was saying, if we would treat our spouses and our children and our family like we weren't going to see them the next day, they were going to be gone. Like, how would we do things differently? Mm-hmm. 
we would do them a lot differently. Like I would not be on my phone at all. Right. Uh, the TV would not be coming. I would be wanting to soak up every minute I could with you. And right. my, you know what I mean? Yep. But we're not promised tomorrow. We don't know. So we literally should live that way. So I'm, I'm speaking to myself right now. So we'll just go over these really quickly. Cause I really want to talk about like, if you guys are struggling in the communication with your spouse, you, these, all of three, th- all of these three things that we talked about are totally fixable. So prioritize listening over speaking. <laughs> Let the person finish, <laughs> finish their point and actually process what they are saying. So while they're speaking to you, actively listen. And it even helps like in one of my therapy sessions, she even told me, repeat back a little bit about what they repeat back to them a little bit of what they said that shows somebody that you're listening. Another thing to help communication is avoid getting distracted. You know, when somebody's talking to you, pay attention to them. Don't let things, you know, distract you easily. Let them know that you're listening. If you're wanting to improve communication, these will help you pay attention (laughs) to your nonverbal actions. So Okay, for instance, you like and your if spouse. You're your eyes. <laughs> yeah. If you and your spouse are having a conversation and you've got your arms like crossed like you're mad, or you're not even looking at them, you're looking like a hundred different places, or maybe you're tapping your foot, <laughs> like hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Um, or you just walk away while they're talking. These can appear negative to the person and actually send a message that maybe you're not intending to send. So these are ways that you can actually, if you're like, I really want to improve communicating with my spouse, these are some really good tips to help you get there. And like, as I was checking these out, I was like, okay, I need to work on this one. I need to work on this one. Um, Another one would be to make requests and express your feelings rather than demand certain actions from your spouse or even pose them as a bad person, let them know how you're feeling and request how they can change their actions in the future to better meet your needs. So just put that one out there. (laughs) And then another way to improve communication would be try to be empathetic. So as you process your concerns and you listen to your spouse's words, avoid only thinking about the situation through your lens, which that can be a hard thing. Try to put yourself in their shoes and try to understand their point of view, which that think that takes a lot to understand, to try to put yourself in their place. I mean, guys, relationships are tough, but with the right building blocks in place, you guys can thrive. You can thrive in your relationship and God wants your marriage to thrive. And so do we, that's why we're doing this, right? That's right. (laughs) So just closing this out, guys, we just want to say marriage takes work. It is an investment and it's the best investment you'll ever make. If you put the time in and you make sure to love your spouse well. So we just want to thank you guys so much for tuning in. Please like, share, rate, review. Check out our website, makingbeautywiththeashes.com. 
And until next time, we we bless bless you. you.